0: In a survey, 63% of graduate students at the University of Calgary rated their mental health fair to poor. A Nature Biotechnology article reported trainee respondents have anxiety and depression scores six times higher than the general public. 40% of trainee respondents struggled with mental health. People who have been through the process of graduate school are not surprised to hear these numbers, but it is unhealthy to normalize them. Grad school is hard, but it should be a challenge rather than a place where people struggle alone. So why can graduate school negatively impact your mental health? There's a lack of structure, success dependent on relationships, a self-directed work-life balance, long hours, and big deadlines. My name's Sierra, and during my master's degree, I sought out the Student Advocacy and Wellness Hub to support my mental health. Accessing counseling helped me navigate the pressures of graduate school and made completing my degree more manageable. This motivated me to create an episode where we discuss the importance of reaching out when you need help and where to find it. For today's episode, we have invited two guests from the Student Advocacy and Wellness Hub for a conversation about navigating mental health during graduate school. Welcome Keisha and Joanna, and thank you for agreeing to be part of this conversation. Thanks
1: so much for having us.
0: So Joe and Keisha, could you tell us um, a bit about yourselves before we get started?
1: Sure.
2: Hi, I'm Joe Holm. Um, I'm the manager of the Student Advocacy and Wellness Hub. I've been uh, working in that office since 2006 and um, I love my job and it's just very fulfilling, very rewarding. it's hard to really pinpoint what I specifically do, but um, if you have any questions about navigating the system or academics or personal, professional, looking for supports, um, please reach out um, or come by the office anytime. time. And
1: Keisha? Uh, yeah. So I'm Keisha Affleck and I also work for um, the SAW office and I started back in 2021. Um, I was brought on during um, COVID and I saw students online and my main role is the therapist, the main therapist at SAW. We actually have four other therapists. That we have hired on since me that's how busy we've gotten um, and just students come to us with a variety of issues burnout how to study um, family concerns and we help them with everything we get our um, referrals from students themselves and sometimes from my colleagues so yeah we're just open to helping everyone and I too love my job
0: well we're definitely lucky to have you both um, so Starting off with our first theme of really accessing help Um, so how would a grad student know if they needed help? What would be some of the signs?
1: So um, I'll talk about what the signs are and maybe you could talk about how to access. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot of times when they start feeling overwhelmed they'll come and they'll ask for help and it'll sound like you know I'm feeling a little bit burnt out or. Um, I've studied my whole life and I'm not really like my techniques aren't working anymore Um, can I get some help with that or They don't know that they're having anxiety, but they're having like little mini panic attacks different things like that Um, So that sometimes is what brings them in through the door Um, or they'll have conversations with close friends and some of their friends might even be seeing a therapist already or have gone to some of the advisors and they're like, you know, you should go to the SAW office and and speak to somebody about what you're going through. I think sometimes by the time we do see students, they might be burnt out already, Um, they've been here for a while, it's not necessarily their first year. Um, maybe it's their second year that that they're feeling quite overwhelmed and burnt out but I think when you get to that level of stress even things from your past sometimes start to come back that you have to deal with because your capacity for coping is just very low um, when you're overwhelmed so that's a lot of the reasons why people come and see us Mm -hmm. yeah
2: and um, easy to book an appointment with um, any of our therapists Mm -hmm. Uh, it could just be a walk-in uh, casual conversation with Destiny who runs the front desk there and is also by the candy jar um, or you could just email um, and we'll link the email at the bottom here uh, email that, uh, that email and Destiny will get back to you with a connection to a therapist.
1: I wanted to add to you that I think sometimes one thing that's overlooked is loneliness. Like a lot of students leave home and this is like university is their first time, that they're away from home, um, away from sometimes the cities that they're even born in. And you come here and, you know, you might be an introvert or even if you're an extrovert, like sometimes friendships don't um, happen overnight. Um, And even sometimes they're not as fulfilling as your family would be or what, what you feel back home. So a loneliness is a big one too that sometimes people can't put their finger on you know I'm at home and I feel anxious and different things like that and then you you start to learn about their family life and you realize okay you're you're feeling lonely Mm -hmm. um and you're not doing as much as you normally would do
0: yeah Yeah. totally and I think it is really isolating the whole grad school process and sometimes people move internationally Mm -hmm. so that that's definitely a really valid point um so We kind of talked about access, um, but how can you, uh, how do you talk about needing help to, um, let's say you're going to the SAW office and you need a little bit of break from school, how do you convey that to your supervisor or your friends?
1: Sometimes that could be isolating and maybe we'll talk about perfectionism um, down the road, but I think um, there is a stigma. Um, around taking a break from school um, that that makes it really difficult for students to ask for help because they see other people doing it like they're making it they're they're doing all these things and juggling it and and I should be too Um, but when they do come I think we have great people on our team like Joe and Dr. Killam and Um, Dr. Hutchinson and Dr. Jablonski and they really normalize taking a break. Um, When you think about your life really a lot of these students have been going to school since kindergarten and there's been no breaks. There's been no real life experience. So as right as something starts to happen in your life that feels overwhelming it's like oh I can't take a break but they don't even know what that would feel like so i think when they meet with joe they help to normalize that mm-hmm. because really it, it's not actually normal to just keep going and going and going like we're not the energizer bunnies as commercial would say but yeah i think maybe you could talk a little bit to how you guys do try to normalize that
2: in the steps mm-hmm. i would say i'm asked this question quite a bit and uh I, it's so specific on, obviously, the supervisor um, and what the student's comfortable with. So I always just say, you know, whatever you're comfortable with sharing, share. And if you're not comfortable with sharing anything, um, then just say that you have a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need to leave for a therapy session, uh, then just say you have a doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there should not be any. If there's any follow-up questions, you come see me because you're <laughs> entitled to doctor's appointments. <laughs> yes. Um, and same with friends. If you have a really good close support network that um, you're comfortable talking about this with, amazing, because I think um, in sharing that, uh, it is also removing the stigma, and perhaps um, the peers would also benefit from hearing that, because I do think everyone fakes it till they make it around here, and it is nice to know that, um, oh, you look like you have everything put together, and you're perfect, and you're seeing a therapist, you know, and it's like, yeah. <laughs> This is all healthy conversation. I look like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's very specific to each person, but I I encourage if you're comfortable and you feel safe doing so to to just say, yeah, I have an appointment with a therapist. Mm-hmm. And if not, then don't. Like, we, we don't need to...
1: And I think we have the conversation of when you don't listen to your body to take a break, sometimes your body takes a break for you. And typically, that is a longer period that you have to take a break for when your body decides, okay, I can't go anymore, like you can't go anymore, so we're shutting down. So I think I've seen a little bit of that where people will come to me and say, you know, I tried to study for the last four days, and I haven't been able to, and I was sleeping for the last how many hours, and that's not like me, Um and then we really sit and we talk about, okay, what do you think your body's trying to tell you? Like if you slept for 14 hours and normally you're a person that sleeps for five or four and like, what do you think your body needs? You know, and then we have to break it down like that. And it's not because, you know, you're, we're dealing with very intelligent people obviously, but it's just, I think at this level, you, you're pushing yourself just a lot people are just used to pushing themselves past boundaries and that becomes your norm and it and it but it's not real life totally. right
0: and it's not until really things manifest physically sometimes that people are like oh i need to start taking this seriously unfortunately exactly okay.
1: yeah
0: yeah so um we, we work in these labs and we have lots of peers and so if i uh, noticed that one of my peers wasn't doing well or going through a mental health crisis What would I do as a lab mate to help support them?
1: Yeah, I think see something, say something um, is probably what I tell a lot of students. And if they're your mate, then you have some kind of um, relationship with them. And if you don't, then usually it's, it's a small knit community that you can find somebody to help them. Um, sometimes it's better to say something because when we're in crisis, sometimes we don't know, we don't realize because you're in it, you're, you're fighting for survival. So it's almost like... Um, like the other day I was going over, my daughter came home really excited. She she met with, up with firemen and they gave her this book and everything and she's like, "You know, if I get caught on fire, I'm supposed to stop, drop and roll." And I was like, "Uh-huh, you would do that anyways." <laughs> like if you are on fire, so there's things that we just kind of do to save ourselves that we're not thinking, they just automatically happen because that's what our like our body wants to survive. So If you see something you should probably say something because I'm sure that person thinks they're doing it (laughs) like they think yeah I'm I'm squeaking through nobody's really noticing Um, because they feel they feel burnt out but they don't realize so Mm -hmm. I would say if you see a mate that's struggling say something Mm -hmm. for sure
0: and what does that kind of sound like just to kind of role model Um, That kind of, I mean, it's like a micro intervention, right? Just Mm -hmm. to show that you're supportive and, you know, you care about them. What does that sound like?
1: I think it looks like, so how are you doing? And then the person's going to tell you, oh, I'm good, (laughs) right? Because that's what everybody says. I'm okay. And then you really look at them and you say, no, how are you really doing? because this is what I'm noticing. Mm-hmm. And I think just that authentic conversation that you're having with them will help them to be honest about how they're doing. Because we rarely, we ask people, that's kind of a conversation starter. Hey, how are you? And we're on to the next thing, right? Totally. But slowing it down gives them permission to actually say how they're doing. And then it'll give you permission to, to, to tell them what you've been observing. About their behaviors Um, if you have suggestions for them you know like I know about this great service don't be afraid to do that Mm -hmm. Um, don't be afraid to tell them that you're worried about them I'm worried about you I I really think that you need some extra support Um, people are okay with that I think sometimes we're scared of offending people yeah and really like even when we ask and I know maybe we're not there yet but I'm bringing this into but even when we ask about like are you feeling suicidal a lot of times we're scared some people are scared to do that because you don't want to offend somebody Mm -hmm. but there sometimes it's that relief oh thank God somebody asked me Mm -hmm. because this is how I feel Mm -hmm. and I've even had groups of students say You know, I put that out there, and other people were feeling the same way as me Mm -hmm. as well, right? So it started this beautiful dialogue that Mm -hmm. people were able to get support for one another, peer support, Mm -hmm. and then outside support. So I think that you just ask by saying, How are you really doing? Mm -hmm. Because they're going to tell you, Okay. Yeah. There's very rare people that's like, How are you doing? And they're like, Actually, my life is on fire. (laughs) I'm falling apart. Like, that's not usually what we do. Yeah. Yeah exactly
2: and i think some people could be a bit trickier uh in um getting them to open up which is fine but if if you're still quite concerned about them because you've noticed Mm -hmm. they aren't showering or eating or you know their typical behavior is off uh you can absolutely still you yourself come by saw and just say you know i'm I'm a little bit worried about one of my peers because i one of the things i do probably like three times a week is just random check-ins on students just to hey because I have preceptors come in I have other students come in that are like worried for various reasons and then I'll just do a check-in and um and then I'll usually book a uh, meeting with them or just tell them to come by the office and that's another good way to get the ball rolling um so if you feel like you're not equipped to handle because you're not getting things back like oh yeah no I'm fine and then turn around um I mean you could very much feel free to reach out to, to us and SAW and we can help support or find supports for them.
0: hmm mm-hmm. No, that's really helpful. I think that gives some good steps on how to approach that, so thank you. Um, so we talked about the SAW office as a resource and we're also going to link some more grad studies resources in the description. Um, were there, so if uh, the SAW office is one, um, but then should we mention as well maybe if they need more immediate support. Uh, some of the emergency resources that people should access.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and and we'll give numbers for this because not all of it has to be connected to I would say our campus per se, but of course we all know if something is you need help right away, nine one one is um, the major resource. Um, even walking a friend or driving a friend to emergency to get. To get um, emergency resources another one is we have the distress center um in the community that you can call it's 24 7. Um, we also have addictions and mental health helpline and we'll give the numbers for that too but there's also all week and i'll give the times and numbers i think we'll add them because they all they're all websites Mm -hmm. um It's called the Eastside Family Centre and it's a free walk-in counselling and a lot of people don't know about it. So it's in the northeast and just right across the street from Marlborough Mall um, in that little centre there. And you you can have a free counselling session. You can go every day if you want, but it's single session. You go with kind of one problem a day. They help you deal with that. And it's it's open to anybody, really, mm-hmm. and that's a Monday through um, Sunday, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Did I get?
2: Did way. I capture a week? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a Monday through
1: Sunday service, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's it's fabulous. Outside of um, what we offer, because obviously we even main campus has has counselors, but we're only Monday through Friday, certain periods of time. So it's just something that you can go to right away and get that support. Um, And don't quote me on this, but I think on Wednesdays they have a psychiatrist that's there that is behind a mirror that will observe you can't actually meet with the psychiatrist but they can listen in and alter meds and different things like that so it's a great service that's offered
0: that's great to hear yeah yeah okay so we'll definitely link everything Mm -hmm. and how to access that so speaking of like Coping uh, so you're going to counseling, but then maybe you're not coping so well in between sessions Those might be uh, some good resources to reach out to um, Do you have any other suggestions for coping between counseling sessions or before what you're while you're in the intake process?
1: Absolutely, so what I know what our office does we we do offer um, like What's it called? Um, Main Campus. We give Main Campus as a resource as well. And I know we tell our students that they can reach back out to us. So even though we know that sometimes you're gonna be on the wait list for like four weeks, you can check back in with the SAW office. It's not an emergency resource. We always give the hospital mm-hmm. for an emergency resource, but you can shoot us an email or you can mm-hmm. come in and somebody will bridge the gap for you yeah. in our office. Like we can sit down and have a 15 minute check-in mm-hmm. or even sometimes longer. Um, that doesn't, that's 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 what we do often mm-hmm. is having that bridge. Um, for for support while you're kind of on a wait list, and we don't always have a wait list.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Um, so we mentioned some of the community resources like Eastside. Um, let's say someone was graduating soon; they no longer have access to main campus or to the saw office. Do you know of any longer term counseling that's available in the city?
1: Yes, so there's a Calgary Counseling Center that's available. You could do intakes online or you can call them and do an intake over the phone. They work on a sliding scale basis. So if you couldn't afford it, I think they have sessions as low as a dollar. And it's really the dollar is just accountability, right? Um, The service is worth something. So they want you to at least give something towards yourself getting help Um, It's really easily accessible. I think within a week you could be in um, to the Calgary Counseling Center I'm just trying to think through the distress center as well. They also have free counseling There's a little bit of a process so you'd have to just phone them Um, I believe they have a wait list um, But you could absolutely be assigned a therapist through through them as well. Totally. Yeah, to yeah. kind of tie you over. And, of course, there's there's um, fee-for-service counselors. Um, a lot of them are starting at anywhere from $160 to 250 probably mm-hmm. in the community. Mm-hmm. And you could find those on Psychology Today. Yeah. You could probably find them on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of places.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those are great resources. Yeah. Thank you.
1: I'll add one more. Mm-hmm. We'll link to it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, the Have you ever heard of Community Connect YYC? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. Um, a barrier-free sliding scale, um, any kind of therapy that mm. um, you could think of. Uh, and I know... I've heard really good things about it from, from students that we've connected to.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's good. That just reminded me of one more. Okay, perfect. So <laughs> It's good to have too many yes, resources yeah. to yes. <laughs> I was just thinking through COVID came a website called wellnesstogether.ca um, and you go and you sign up, make your own profile. You don't have to make a profile. If you're in crisis, you're going to be like, I don't want to do a profile. We get it so we actually there's a link on it that says um, talk 24 7 and if you click that link it'll take you to a 1-800 number and you just call the 1-800 number and you can actually speak to a counselor immediately over the phone Um, they do like a little survey or whatever and then for people that they find that are using it all the time then they put you on a schedule However right away you can speak to a therapist mm-hmm. and you and you don't have to wait so wellness together.ca we'll awesome put that in there too
0: yeah that's yeah. a great resource mm-hmm. thank you um and then you mentioned like some people um, might hear about other people in their lab that also go to therapy and then they might be thinking oh like will our counselors talk about um us to each other um and so that concern of confidentiality might be brought up so Do you mind talking about your policy at this office?
1: Yeah, whatever comes to me or my colleagues stays with the person. Um, Confidentiality is um, key, so, and that comes up all the time. Students are worried about us talking with faculty and staff, us talking with their peers, um, because, yeah, we know there's overlap. We don't Ever talk about somebody else. So sometimes students who don't care is like, oh, you're seeing my roommate, too. And we just look at them. <laughs> we just look. We're not confirming. We're not, you know, anything like that. And you don't deny either, obviously, because then they would know. So confidentiality is is up there. We we never break confidentiality, mm-hmm. um, except there are exceptions to this. And the students know if there is a safety issue, or someone else's life is at risk then we do break confidentiality and we break it in a way that I wouldn't be calling Joe and being like hey did you hear this no I'm I'm going to break it to 911 and mm-hmm. say hey this person is at high risk um, for harming themselves or for harming someone else so those are the only circumstances other than that we are 100% confidential Okay. Yeah.
0: That's good to know. And so people wouldn't have to be worried about their files being accessed by the university or anything like that. It's stored separately. Okay. Cool. That's awesome. So with that... That was one, a yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, <our laughs> I forgot. I'm like, we have
1: to answer.
0: <laughs> so with that being said, we'll take a little break. And uh, so we'll conclude this episode. Thank you so much um, for... Um, answering questions around the theme of accessing help, and the next episode that we'll be recording um, are about the common themes that we see in counselling. Thank you.